Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. The study of Romans chapter 7. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives and she be married to another man, she has to be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, I want one thing to be clear here, that Paul does not teach here in Romans 7 verses 1 to 3 about marriage. He's not talking about marriage at all. The theme here in Romans chapter 7 is the relationship that the believer has towards God's law or any rules or any laws of men. He doesn't talk about marriage, though he used this illustration. In chapter 6, he used the illustration in our relationship to God, into grace, with whom we serve. And in chapter 7, he'd give us another illustration in relationship to a husband and a wife. So in chapter 6, a servant and his master. In chapter 7, a husband and a wife is used as an illustration. So in verse 1, it tells us that the believer should know that the law have dominion over men. You see, in verse 1, don't you know, brethren, he's talking to the brethren, by the way, you notice the word brethren is mentioned many, many times in the book of Romans. In fact, in verse 13, he's also used that word in chapter 1 as well. He's using that word for brethren many times in this chapter 1, verse 13, I should say. He used the word brethren quite often. So he's speaking to believers. And he said, I speak unto them that know the law. Now, who are the ones that know the law? And I can ask you a question. Do you know what the law means? Do I know the law? Do I know what the law demands from men? Do we realize what the law was given to Israel for? That's what he's saying here. Brethren, he's speaking, I'm speaking to you that know law, know the law. Do you realize the perfection of God's law? Do you realize how holy is the law that God had given to the people of Israel? Do you realize honestly in your own heart that you and I have never, ever, ever measured to the law that God had given to men? Do you realize that the law is actually is the mirror that revealed to us the reality that existing in our own hearts? That's what he's really saying. He's saying, you that know the law to you I'm speaking. You who should know what the law, the perfection of God's law, to you I'm speaking. He says, look. He says, don't you realize, he said, that the law has dominion over men as long that man is alive? In other words, the principles and the rules that God has set in this world have ruled, dominion mean ruling men as long that man is alive. Don't you know that? 
What he's really saying, that the reason that rules and laws have been given to men, is to show men the reality that existing in his heart. And that the rules or the demands of God are so supreme, are so high. And so he's telling, he says, listen, as long that man is alive, then the law has dominion over him. You know, when God had created Adam and Eve in the garden, and he gave them this world to be for them, God has set some rules and laws in this world. And man is to obey them, but when man does not obey them, it proves to man his state, that a sinner, that he is not right before God. And so, Paul is saying that he, as long that man is alive, the law has rule, dominion over him. That's what we learn from verse 1. You know, when man is not alive anymore, then the law, you can tell man, give him any rules. You can set up the Ten Commandments before him, as long as he is dead, he cannot react to them. He cannot do anything when you can put before a dead person the law. He cannot do anything or any rule of man. He will not react to it. But as long as man is alive, the law has dominion, have a rule over him. That's why we make laws. That's why we make rules. Rules on the highway. Rules in the government. Rules in the cities. Rules in the schools. Rules in the workplace. Rules after laws and laws and laws. We make them. It has dominion over man as long as man is alive. By the way, one of the rules that we do have in scripture, already in the Garden of Eden, even before the Ten Commandments had been given, is that God had given the rule in the Garden of Eden to man already there. He told one of the rules that God said to men, you shall not eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. He gave him a law. He gave him an instruction, a rule, something to act upon. And men broke it immediately. Adam in the garden of Eden. He broke it. So Paul is showing to us, and you see what he's trying to do here in Romans chapter 7. He wants to show us the relationship that the believer in Yeshua the Messiah has towards law, towards rules. Towards the law that God had given to Israel, but also towards any kind of rules and laws of men. And the relationship towards the law when we became a believer is different than when we were before we became believers in Yeshua. And so in verse 1, believers should know that the law have a rule over men as long that man is alive. But now listen, in verse 2, it is the same thing, he says in verse 2, for the woman, and you see verse 1, like, just like the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. You see, what we learn here, that just like, and again I want to say here that he doesn't talk about marriage in a sense of teaching about marriage and remarriage and all these things here. Here he is dealing, he giving us an illustration in connection with the law. Just the same like a woman when she became married to her husband. She is under the law of her husband, meaning that she is to be committed to her husband and her husband is to be committed to her. Actually, it takes us back to Genesis 2, 24. Let a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his own wife, and the two shall be one flesh. 
In other words, what he shows us from experience of life, that as long as husband and wife, as long as they are getting married, the woman belongs to her husband as long as the husband is alive. Just the same like you and I, before we became believers, as long as we were here on earth, we and the law and any rule has dominion over us. And then he tells us, but... Notice in verse 2, but if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. In other words, here is a couple, married couple, time passes by, and the husband died. Now the woman can no longer have the rule of her husband because he died. So as long that he was alive, she was responsible or under the headship and the rulership of her husband as the head of her home. But when he died, she is no longer, as it says here in verse 2b, she is loosed from the law, from the principle of her husband. And that's why verse 3 continues and tells us, So then, if or while her husband is alive, and if she's going to go get married to another man, she should be called an adulteress. In other words, as long as she is married to her husband and she is going to another man becoming his wife, then she becomes an adulteress. Then he says, if her husband be dead, she is free from the law of her husband, so that she is not an adulteress, though she be married to another man. Again, I would like to emphasize, and I'm saying it again, Paul does not teach us here about marriage. What he's making here an illustration of principle of life. Just the same like when a woman got married to another man, she is under the headship and lordship of her husband. It is very similar to us in relationship to the law. The law has dominion over men as long as man is alive. But when man is dead, he cannot react anymore to the law. So in verses 1 to 3, there is an illustration. Paul uses an illustration of a husband and wife to show us that the believer have a new relationship because his own union now with Yeshua the Messiah. You see, before we became believers in Yeshua, before our sins have been dealt with, we were still sinners. Our relationship was an Adamic relationship to Adam. And the rule, the principles, and the law was given to us to prove to us the reality that we have in our life. The sin nature that we have. And every law we find out, every rule that had been given to us, how often we broke it. It was given to us because we were to do it, to obey it, but we broke it. And so, verses 1 to 3, this illustration given to us from a husband and wife. And Paul shows us the relationship that we have to the Lord. Now, he's moving on in the next verses. He makes an application now. In verse 4 and 5, Paul speaks of the fact that we, the believer, we died to the law. Notice, he does not say that the law died, but it says that we died. It's interesting here in verses 4 and 5. Notice, he says, Wherefore, brethren, my brethren. Again, using the word brethren, again, he does not talk to unbelievers. He's talking to those who know Yeshua as their Lord and Savior. He's talking to the believer and he says, Listen, wherefore, brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of the Messiah, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, unsaved, the motion of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. 
Now, in building upon verses 1 to 3, where he gave us this principle, that the law have dominion over men as long that men lives, and just in illustrating the husband and wife, the wife is free to marry another man when her husband died. She is no longer under the law of her husband when he died. But as long that he is alive, she is under his law, under his rulership or leadership. Now he makes an illustration in verses 4 and 5. And he says, so are ye, brethren. Now, he's saying, so are ye. Now, I would expect for him to say that, you see, now you, when you became a believer, the law, I should say, died. But he doesn't say that the law died. He said that we died. It's interesting to notice that. He says, wherefore, my brethren, you are also become dead to the law. Notice, he doesn't say the law become dead to you, but vice versa. You become dead to the law. What does he mean by that? You see, why the law could not die? Because the law is perfect and holy. The law is a standard of God so high. Because God is so high. The law is pure and perfect and holy and spiritual. And the law will never die. Because God is eternal. The law of God is eternal. The rule of man comes short, but the law of God is eternal because God is eternal. But you know what happened when you and I became believers in Yeshua, the Messiah? We, not the law, we, as it says in verse 4, we are also became dead to the law by the body of the Messiah. You see, when we took, when we received the new nature, we became children of God, we received the new nature. The old nature affiliated us with Adam and his falling in his sin. The new nature that we have connects us with Yeshua the Messiah and his resurrection. Where he died, he was buried and he rose. And we are called to live in newness of life. And so we died to the law. The law condemned us, but we died to the law when we have trusted Yeshua the Messiah. Not the law died, but we die to the law. Brothers and sisters, listen. Every time the law was speaking to us, it condemned us. Because the law showed us the reality that is existing in the sin nature. So the law condemned us. You will see this later on in our ministry on Romans chapter 7. And so the law condemned us. So what happened when we became believers in Yeshua the Messiah? We died with Him. We died with Him and we rose with Him in newness of life. To live a life in the power, not any longer in the power of human law, but in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what he's saying here. And that's why, you know, even today, i just coming back from traveling in Turkey and Greece and Israel. And I could clearly see the rules and the religiosity of men, whether it is Roman Catholic or whether it is Greek Orthodox or even whether it is Rabbinical Judaism. You can see how these rules and regulation and trying to keep certain laws and so on, there is no life. It's not coming out of a heart that is reborn, born from above. It's coming out of the regulation of men. And it's dead, it's deadly, no power. Any rules that men set, and even if the rules that coming to seek to obey in the power of the flesh, the law that God had given, every time it condemned us. 
every time it shows us in reality who we are and what we are. That's why Paul's saying in verse 4, he says, listen, we died to the law which condemned us when we have become believers in Yeshua the Messiah. We died to the law. And that's why he says here in verse 4 again, Brethren, ye are also become dead to the law. And how we become dead to the law? By the body of the Messiah. When Yeshua died on the tree, we or he received the penalty that the law was supposed to place upon us. When the law condemned us, and if we would take the penalty or the accusation from the law against us, we should have been dead. We would have been separated from God. But when Yeshua died, he bore the penalty that we deserve to pay. And then when he rose again, and notice that in verse 4b, that ye should be married to another. You see, in Adam, in the old nature, we were married in relationship to Adam. In the new nature, we have a relationship to the second man, the last Adam, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah. So we are now in affiliation, in connection with him, and no longer in connection with Adam. And that's why he said that we should be married to another, even unto him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. You see, the works of the flesh, like we have in Galatians 5, it's become works. There's no fruit for God. You can see it so clearly in religion today. Emptiness. Religion. Put this on, put this off. Do this and do this. Put all kind of pictures and all kind of icons and all kind of symbols and all kind of things and religiosity. Empty. Empty. I've seen it in many church buildings as I've been traveling in the last 17 days. All kind of crucifix and pictures and icons and all kind of ways of doing things that is so empty. It's not from the Lord. It's from the old nature. And because people, even Christians, especially Christians, especially believers, don't recognize our relationship to the law and to any laws, that's why we have certain, we fail actually to live spiritual life in the power of the Holy Spirit. But we try to do that in the energy of the flesh with all kind of rules and regulations. And so Paul is saying, listen, we die to the law. The law condemned us. We die to the Lord when we trusted the Messiah. And he ended in verse 4 when he said he was raised from the dead that we should bring forth fruit. God want fruit. You will notice if you read Galatians chapter 5, where it says, when it talks about the flesh, it calls it works. When it talks about the spirit, it calls it fruit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Because the Spirit of God is producing it in the heart of the believer. And so that's what Paul is saying in Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23. Now, in verse 5 of Romans 7, he continues and he's saying, Before we trusted in the Messiah, the law revealed to us our sinful nature and practices. Look, verse 5, when we were in the flesh, that means that before we were saved, as in unsaved state, the law or the motion of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. You see what the law was doing? 
the law, as it says here, the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit or works unto death. See, we were, the flesh tries to kind of, you know, the rules, the law has dominion, so we are to obey those rules. But what the law showed us, that it brought about in us that which led us, as it says in verse 5, unto death. The more rules we had, and the more rules we tried to obey them, it shows us the nature that we had, and we fail every time. So, verses 4 and 5, Paul makes an application and he shows us that we die to the law. Not that the law died, but that we, who became believers in Yeshua, that we died unto the law. And that is important for us to understand. In the next verses now, actually verse 6, Paul shows us that we are delivered from the law. Look, verse 6. But now, we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Verse 6, before we trusted in the Messiah, you see, the law cannot have authority over the dead person because we died. God's word is written in our hearts now and no longer merely on stones. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians for a moment, chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the first three verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as in other epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you, He's writing to the Corinthian. You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistles of the Messiah, ministering by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stones, but in fleshly tables of the heart. You see, in verse 6, we learn that we are delivered from the law. The law cannot have authority over a dead person. And that's why in verse 6, we've been delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, we should now serve in newness of spirit, and not with the oldness of a letter. What he has a reference, of course, to the letter, thou shall, thou shall not, thou shall. Brothers and sisters, it's just like having a sign on the grass that says, don't step on the grass. And what is the next thing that we try to do? We put our feet, touch the grass, because it says, don't do that. The old nature wants to do what we are told not to do. And that's what he's showing to us as believers. Remember, he does not say here that the law is bad. You'll see it in a moment. God's law is pure and perfect and holy and spiritual. But we have a problem. Because we have an old nature which is sinful. That's why people make so much mistakes when they try to get saved by keeping the law. And others say they're trying to please God 
by keeping the law. God does not want us to please Him on a basis of that which had been written in a letter. He wants us to please Him from the heart in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He knows we cannot obey Him by nature. When He says, don't do it, we do it. That's why most of us, I'm sorry to say, in fact I'll say all of us, are most of the time in Romans 7, struggling all the time. I should do this, I shouldn't do that. He did this, I shouldn't do it. We always seem to give, we actually give each other a law. We look at each other and we say, look what she did. And look what he did. I would never do that. And then later on we find out that we have done the very same thing that we told the other not to do. We fail in that very much. Very same thing, we have failed in it. And that's why in the first six verses, Paul teaching us what is the authority of the law over the believer. We are not under law, but under grace, Romans 6 and verse 14. And that's how we need the same grace that saves us. We need the same grace to lead us. The same Holy Spirit of God who moved our heart to accept the Messiah is the same Holy Spirit of God that we need to move us to live the life of the believer. And so in the first six verses, Paul shows us the authority that the law has. And as long that man is alive, the principle of law has authority over man. The whole universe is based in such a way. But the believer need to realize that we actually got married to another. That we died, we died with the Messiah, and we are dead now to the law, but we are alive with Messiah, with Yeshua, to live unto God. And so, the first six verses deal with the authority of the law. Now let's move to verse 7. From verse 7 to verse 13, we find out now what is the purpose of the law. <laughs> this is amazing. This is really amazing. Here Paul is showing to us, and by the way, if there was anybody who knew the law, is the Apostle Paul. Don't forget, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was born when he grew up in a family, and his family, he grew up as a zealous man for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he very well knew what was the law is all about. He actually, by the way, wanted to kill the first century believers because they have violated the law, according to him, by believing that Yeshua was the Messiah. He knew the law. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, what he claimed about himself in the book of Philippians. And look what he's teaching us here. These are such an important document. The book of Romans, in Romans chapter 7 also. In verses 7 to 13, he gives us the teaching concerning the purpose of the law. What the law serves. What is the purpose of the law and what does it teach us? And so, I begin first of all in verse 7. The purpose of the law is, number one, to reveal sin. Do you know that the law was given in order to show sin? To show that you and I are sinners? Verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? He says, God forbid. Nay, he says, no, I did not know sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law said, you shall not covet. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. 
Gideon teaches God's word from a Hebrew messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.